you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And joining me today on the show is my good buddy Blake Stark to, of course, break down the Missouri uniform reveal as we often do here on Fridays in a little segment we like to call Project Run Play. we got to get a sound bite for that. I know. I need some good sound for that. Maybe that's something I'll work on. This is why I need a staff, Blake. I'm kind of a one-man band here. That's the problem. I don't have – I've got got a house I'm trying to sell. I've got a daughter. i I got too much on my plate. But a good note, a good note. I appreciate that. But but seriously, though, all kinds of good stuff to get to today. We're obviously going to talk about Tennessee before we get to Project Run Play. And you know what? Maybe just a good place to start is obviously this is a big game early in the Eli Drinkwitz era here because, you know, not that a loss would be devastating by any means, but just imagine a world in which Missouri wins tomorrow. That would be a really momentum-gaining kind of thing for this year and in the future and I guess the question is after after how, how realistic is that how good do we think this Missouri team is after one week Blake well you've got you know sort of like a tale of two halves last week really from the and you're watching that game it, it's very clear that Alabama is a better team and it's I think it's pretty clear that Alabama is a really really good team maybe like a historically good team like the that offensive talent they have is, is pretty incredible and I think Mac Jones is, is a pretty I think he's a pretty good quarterback. He's man. looking like a solid college yeah, player. He at hangs this point. in there and he puts the ball where it needs to be and he finds his guys. And that Waddle kid, what a misnomer of a last name. That kid does not waddle. That kid floats. Yeah, without I question. Mean, he, I waddle. I got duck feet over here and <laughs> I run like a 5'3. He runs like a 4'1. Like that guy's nuts. So Alabama looks, looks really good. And, you know, getting that out of the way and having our guys go up against probably the best team in the conference, probably the best maybe the best team in the nation, our guys have now gone toe-to-toe with them. And I think Drink calling those timeouts and getting that last touchdown to to have that score, that score is a pretty good-looking score. You can hang that in the locker room and say, you know, 19 points. That, it would have been 18 points if they let us kick the extra point. Then Missouri sweeps all the bets on the board, right? There you go. Um, but that's, a, I think, a lot of, you know, you, you can take a lot of confidence out of that. And, you know, they got some stops in the second half on that offense. And they, I know they played their second-string QB, but that kid was the number one rated high school recruit. Sure. I mean, he's a stud. There are people that wanted him to start over over Mac Jones going into that game. So Yeah, they, and Waddle was in there most of the game, I think, and yeah. a lot of their other studs. Yeah, all their D-backs and everybody, they played the first, first stringers throughout the game. So I think Missouri has now gone toe-to-toe and helmet-to-helmet with as good of a team as there is in the country and found out that they could – they could push back a little bit in the second half. Um, so if we can go and beat Tennessee, then they, they can show not only can they compete, but they can win. And I think that puts, you know, probably not Georgia necessarily. Oh, God, damn phone. Um, <laughs> probably not Georgia, but it puts certainly the the next tier of teams in the SEC East on, on notice. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is not the bye week you guys thought it was going to be. And, you know, I – I think Tennessee in that South Carolina game, they they both looked like okay football teams, but they didn't look neither one of them looked like world beaters. So I really I really think we have a a good chance if we can play as hard as we did and as clean as we did last week, 
I mean, I don't see why we can't win this game. Yeah, I think it's definitely – we've definitely got a chance, and I think, obviously, I think it's closer than maybe it looks on paper. You know, the 12-and-a-half is the point spread right now, opened up at 10. You know, I guess 10, early part of the week. And, you know, I think that was probably about right. I think if you go too much over 10, I think maybe you're giving Tennessee maybe a little bit – too much credit early in the season. Let's not forget that Tennessee last year was 7-5. and five. They lost to Georgia State somewhat famously, but kind of like the 2017 Barry Odom campaign, they finished on a strong, on a strong note, winning six games in a row, but against kind of your bottom feeders of the conference a little bit. So I'm just wondering how much of that is real. But, but back to Missouri just quickly, again, just to this idea of what of how important this could be for the future of Missouri. Well, I don't want to overstate it, but let's hear from somebody who is an important guy. There's a five-star player in St. Louis. He's a wide receiver. In fact, the 2022 class, Luther Burden from Cardinal Ritter. He just released his top five. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and your Missouri Tigers. Now, one of those things is not like the other, for sure. I mean, those are the... It's better. That's, his, that's exactly right. We have way cooler uniforms. That's what I meant. But seriously, you're up against those blue blood type programs. What do you have to do? Well, you're probably going to have to show something on the field at a certain point. And Burden said, quote, about what he's looking for from Missouri. He said, quote, for real, I'm just looking for progression. They recruit St. Louis pretty well. There are a ton of guys going up there in 2021, and those guys are getting on me, trying to get up there to go with them. He says, Tyler Macon, that's my guy. I talk to him all the time. So basically what he's saying there is it sounds like Oklahoma is the leader there because, well, frankly, Oklahoma and Missouri are the only campuses he's seen so far. Now, this is the number one wide receiver in the entire country is rated by rivals, by the way. Now, if you're just looking at that a little bit, it sounds like he wouldn't mind playing with Tyler Macon and coming to Missouri, maybe. It sounds like he'd consider it, but basically he's saying, I, I can't see Missouri go 2-8 and eight this year and probably see myself going there. And I can't blame him for that, but to my point there, that just shows how potentially important this Tennessee game could be. This is a kid who might be making his decision sooner rather than later. I feel like uh, this is a little reminiscent of a scenario where there was a really good wide receiver from the St. Louis area who had us in Oklahoma in, as his two main options. I like it. He, he made the wrong choice initially, but he, he realized the error of his ways and committed to the good guys really on a promise at that point. I mean, we hadn't shown any. That was Pinkle's early on in Pinkle's career. We, he hadn't got it going yet. Um, and then Jeremy Macklin obviously came to Mizzou and was part of that resurgence. So. Sure. You know, maybe Luther Burden will make the the choice and stay here, and he and Tyler Macon can can build. And I, I think we can have a solid year this year. It's that's obviously weird with the all SEC schedules. You're you're not going to probably see us go eight and two or anything crazy. But if we could, you know, if we could go somewhere between you know four and four and six and seven and five, seven and three. Um, sure. Then I think that's the progress you're looking for. Seven and, and three would be an incredibly yeah. successful season. And just, and just being, just but being in games and not beating ourselves and looking like we have a clue. Um, I think that's what those kids want to see. I think they're just a lot of times there were just in, inexplicable losses and breakdowns under the previous regime that that made it seem like there just wasn't a, a clear plan here sometimes. And I think we felt like that as fans sometimes too. And if we can show that we're on the right path and we've got the right staff and they're building the right momentum, 
Um, I, I basically just like the kid from St. Louis being like, show me. Right. I mean, that's, that's what we are sure. and that's what we do, right? So show them and, and let's go. And I do want to finish up our Luther burden discussion as well as talk more about the Tennessee Volunteers. But first I want to tell you about a new, a new product from our friends at Built Bar called Built Go. Yes, I shared you all a viral video from Eli Drinkwitz at practice where he was asking his young men, what broke you today? Well, I would ask all of you, in terms of energy, what is your wall? To be honest, as much as I love this podcast, someday it's my wall because it takes a lot of creative energy to create a show five days a week, especially when on my solo efforts. So sometimes I need a pick-me-up. And what better than the new Built Go product for that energy pickup because it's easy to take with me and one and a half ounce packages. I can even put it in my golf bag if I need to power through the back nine. The best part is Built Go is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but not the fake kind of energy. It's lasting and natural. So visit BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, he seemed to be, I mean, he started, anytime you start a sentence with for real, obviously you're being honest. But in, in all seriousness, that sounded about as honest and forthright as he could be. He's saying, look, I'm a great Reading between the lines, he's saying, look, I'm a great player. I'm not going to go to a bad team. Now, will I go to a team that's on the rise and looking good and go and hang with my buddy Tyler Macon, who I have some chemistry with, maybe at least personally already. They're not on the same team or anything, but I don't know. Just an interesting thing to monitor. I'm sure that Jeremy Macklin comparison isn't lost on him. I mean, he knows Jeremy Macklin's a hero in the state now, and he's Missouri Hall of Famer, and he had that great pro career. And I mean, you could just play the highlights. Jeremy Macklin's college highlights stack up against anybody's college highlights. Sure. So, you could even make the uh, Doriel Green-Beckham comparison, too. Another guy who was recruited hard by Oklahoma and also Arkansas actually ended up at Oklahoma after he got booted from the Missouri team, as we all remember. I like the, uh, Jer- the the Jeremy Macklin storyline <laughs> and the resolution. Better, yeah, that, that's, a little, that's a little better. Uh, although Der- Doriel Green-Beckham had his first uh, significant contributions at Tennessee in 2012, remember, and that was a very, game. very that famous was, game. Yeah, that was our was that our first SEC win, or I'm not sure. First but SEC road win for sure. Yeah, it was and it was like a triple a, overtime game. I was there for that when it was definitely I mean, a memorable one. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, so. Certainly our most mem- our first like really memorable SEC win. That's for darn sure. But you know, it's funny you mentioned earlier about just sort of putting the rest of the East on notice. It, it just strikes me. I was talking to Josh Ward with Locked On Vols yesterday, and of course, you know, he's talking about how Tennessee sort of expects to be better than the than Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina. And it's funny. I bet I was just thinking as he was saying that. I bet if you asked every single one of those fan bases you just named, they would say the exact same thing about those other fan bases. We expect to. I'm sure South Carolina says we expect to be better than Kentucky, and, ten, and it's just. That's the battle in this conference, really, because Vanderbilt's probably never going to get there, and it's going to be always, it's the, especially the level that Georgia's recruiting at right now, they're recruiting at an Alabama level, if not higher even, the last few years. That's going to be tough to completely get with. But, yeah, Missouri, this Tennessee team, 
it's almost like they're old, they're almost like the Nebraska of the SEC, right? They have all this tradition from back in the day, but it's been it's been a while. You know, it's been a while since they've really been that top tier kind of program. Yeah, that's something that comes up all the time when you're discussing the fan bases. They really, to me, and I think to a lot of them, we just feel like they're the new Nebraska for us. Like they, they have his, it just fits. Nicely, his, they've yeah. his, historically been successful, not as successful as Nebraska, but historically been successful, and they look down on Missouri and. I mean, I've there's some real significant scores that we can point to since we've been in this conference. They certainly have <laughs> have not been dominating us since we've been in the SEC. No, and they're they're painfully aware of that yeah. too. There's no doubt about it. I mean, so they uh, yeah they they've not had our number, and I I don't expect to surrender that ground to them without a fight. I don't you know they've I, I think Pruitt's doing better than their you know previous coaches. It seems to not be as much of a screw up, and they've. They've got talent. I mean, they recruit fine. They're definitely their last couple classes. They've have been not impressive. They've not been able to put it together for whatever reason. There. Sure. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not scared of Tennessee. So. Yeah, not yet. I, I would say if they're going to continue to recruit at a you know borderline top ten sort of level, but they did that consistently. Un, they did that under under Butch Jones. I mean, True. Uh, maybe not the last. Maybe not the last two or three classes leading up to Pruitt. They were more like maybe top twenty five ish, but. You know, I don't think they're ever going to be like an Alabama-style recruiting destination or anything like that. But you know what? Speaking of, of Alabama, Nick Saban, after the game was – maybe it wasn't after the game, but just just recently he's been talking about how he'd like to see this 10-game SEC schedule go permanent. And, of course, the pushback is going to be a lot of, you know, your Missouri, Ole Miss, you know, just like we said, South Carolina, Tennessee – Maybe your teams that aren't as blue blood as Alabama, let's put it that way. Because, well, the the conventional wisdom is that, well, the fan bases, they're not going to like, you know, four and five win seasons. But what do you think about that? Because to me, it seems like, well, I think the modern sports fan is so much more sophisticated than we tend to get credit for these days. I think people's expectations could adjust to that reality if that's what it were. What do you think? Do you think that would somehow cost coaches in the middle of the conference their jobs more quickly because that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me I'm just not sure that like Barry Odom for instance like he got you know a couple wins last year against some non-conference opponents that I can't even remember who they are off the top not of my, my head <laughs> right well there's a, see and there's there's another <laughs> argument right. you know if Barry Odom had played LSU last year in the first game or Alabama let's say would he have gotten fired? Because I, I'm not so sure that he would have. Just make Missouri with one less loss, or with one fewer win, I should say. Take that Wyoming game off there. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, not I, sure I just, that, I'm not sure that Barry Odom got fired just because of the number of wins. I think it was That's just, what I'm saying. It was the, it's all tra- the, context. the trajectory yeah. and the context, and it just didn't appear that, you know, if, if last year was his best shot to do something and he didn't do something and he was far, you know, was very underwhelming uh, then that's just it was like you can't do it this year you're probably not going to do it and you know we're not showing a lot of what's your plan to, to improve on it you know Derek Dooley is not the plan we don't have a better answer than that so let's it's time to move on which I agreed with um yeah it, it just it, asking a Missouri fan this is probably like a different answer because we clearly got the short straw bit I think in the in the realignment you know, sure. Like, at hey, least here, in terms of schedule difficulty. Like, yeah, here no have a, have Alabama right. and at the defending national champions. Sure, hey, thanks, thanks right. for that. 
Um, and I don't think it would probably be like that every year. We already play eight SEC games, right? Right. So, so it'd be two more. Right? So I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you're going to have two non-conference games instead of instead of four. I don't know. Maybe it's compromise. Let's do nine. I I, I don't know. I, well, that's I what do, the Big Ten would like. Right. That's for sure. I do. I do like having the. Uh, I do like having the tune-up games a little bit. But I mean, there's something to be said for like. I feel like we showed out okay against Alabama, and it, it was not going to get any harder than that. So you can really just go up. So I, I, you can look at it either way. I mean, it's, it's a level playing field, I guess, if everybody's doing it. Sure. Um, I'd almost. I, I think I would take maybe a. I like the spirit of where Nick Saban's head is in that, okay, more competitive college football games. I think I would stick with the eight games, but maybe just raise the floor for what is an acceptable non-conference opponent. Because, I don't know, the FCS games, I'm kind of over those. Can we at least play Division One opponents? Yeah, can, you know, you, I, can you ban those as a conference? Is that like a... Oh, I'm could, sure you could. Could the SEC say I, we'll no longer be playing you know, Division Two games? I, I, I should think that would be something they could do, but yeah, I, I just I would just like to see better non-conference games. I mean, when Missouri's playing, it's just so much different when Missouri's playing Eastern Michigan or it's playing even a team like Purdue or, or Brigham Young is obviously having a good season this year. We were scheduled to go out to Utah Provo this year. Didn't happen, obviously, but those games just move the needle so much more than – I mean, these directional schools that have just absolutely no chance. They're just showing up for for a payday. And I guess the argument from some people would be, well, those, those schools need that payday. I'm sorry, that's not that's my not, number one concern that's not as a what Missouri Mizz- fan. Right, that's it's not what our not, athletic department yeah, exists for. It's not even in my top hundred of right. concerns, quite honestly. I mean, you guys need to figure out your budget. We'll figure out our budget. How about that? So... You know, trades are trades. They're supposed to be beneficial for both sides. So if we're not getting that much benefit out of paying a team a half a million dollars or maybe upwards of a million dollars to come and take a loss, well, I think that's something that every team should start looking at. Trades are trades, and you'd probably say everybody does them, right? I would. I would say that. <laughs> I would say that. That's a, that's a deep cut for those of you out there <laughs> in the podcast landscape. But you know what? Let, let's transition here. I just want to get to some quick news and notes just before we get to Project Run Play. It does sound like Jarvis Ware, Missouri cornerback, he's not sounding good for the game. He is going to be a game-time decision, but he's, according to Eli Drinkwitz, he is doubtful for the time being. Also, on the Tennessee side, Cade Mays, who is a one-time five-star recruit on the offensive line, now eligible. He uh, transferred from Georgia, played there for a couple seasons. Sounds like he might get some action on Saturday. I don't know if he'll start the game, but he originally was committed to Tennessee, but when they had the coaching change a couple years ago, he decided to flip to Georgia. Well, now Cade Mays back in Knoxville where, well, perhaps he originally belonged and wanted to be. So interesting note there. Certainly anytime you get an, a five-star offensive lineman coming in, you'll, you'll, you'll take that. But anyway, why don't we move on to Project Run Play? I tell you, once again, you know, the uniform reveal may not have been the most shocking thing in the world, but I'll tell you, the production, we've talked about a lot of the Missouri staff has really stepped their game up in terms of social media and everything. Man, the production of this was off the charts. Didn't you think this was a well-done one-minute video yeah, here? it was like a story. 
Yeah, it was like movie quality, like yeah. sound production and stuff. Yeah. I was impressed. Well, Calderonoff's in the stream. Stocking- yeah, Calderonoff <laughs> Easter out there running around. <laughs> stocking the trails at, at Cape and Park. Old number one, Calderonoff. That's our guy. <laughs> Running joke for you guys there Retired if you listened last week. Um, yeah. Sorry, ba- sorry, Beatty. You'll be the last one to wear it. It's got a- Calderonoff's going on the wall. That's right. But- yeah, it's uh, you know he's in the you know he's in the stream tracking, he's tracking up the hill, and I just, I just almost I kept expecting to get to a point where he would like pounce on like, right. unsuspecting like what are they? It's like a blue tick a hound or whatever. Yeah, I'm not like, hound. Yeah, yeah whatever. can't have animal cruelty. Well, I mean, yeah. You wouldn't have to like you need like an inflatable. Or, you need like an inflatable <laughs> yeah. hound, yeah. just like pop or something. Because they did play Rocky okay. Top subtly in the background. See that which was, was a, a nice, nice little touch. touch. Yeah, they were almost sort of making it feel like they were he was skulking around right. in like the mountains of east tennessee or whatever even though obviously it was around the mkt trail here right. in columbia for sure but yeah no just really impressive the zone, design the, because the drone shot was cool too and you see him like absolutely. running through the foliage and you could see the like white street going through there. no i was just imagining uh Calderonoff slash tyler Beatty probably <laughs> getting direction from these people going probably feeling a little bit stupid while he was doing it going really you want me to like run through the like my shoes are getting wet bro come on you know just all this stuff and like climbing up the rocks but i'm just telling you the way they put it all together that got me hyped like you know sometimes i try to be as objective and sort of rational as i can on this podcast oh man the 12 year old fan in me came out i watched that video probably three or four times just to see all the little nuances didn't even notice the rock the subtle rocky top like you said in the background there at one point nicely done mizzou football nicely done yeah i think the production quality stepped up I like the concept that I think Odom gets credit for coming up with it, but I, I like Drink seems to have expanded on it and kind of made it his own thing as well. But maybe it's just the market. We have you know those good marketing people. Um, it, this jersey combination too is one of I, I've always loved the, the the white on black for the road. Uh, even when we went to the you know we always had the white on white that was kind of the Gary Pinkle sure th- when we switched to the Nike right test school or whatever we were. About oh five, we and every now and then they yeah they throw in the black pants with the white top, and I, right. I think that's I think that's a, a really good road look for us. I also like the white pants with the, with, with the white top with the gold pants too. Sure, but the white and black is a I think it's a I think it's a good look for us. Well, we've certainly uh, worn that look in some memorable games, including Missouri's win over Nebraska in Lincoln in nineteen seventy eight. We wore the white tops and black pants. So a little uniform trivia for you there, but yeah. A nice look, same helmets as last week. I wonder if that's going to be a trend. Maybe we'll just stick with those helmets for most of the season. I think we'll we'll probably pop out something special. Yeah, we didn't at some have point, cons- we didn't have the same helmet in consecutive weeks one time last year. We yeah, I don't have, think we did. Did we even repeat helmets all last year? I'm not sure that we did. Uh, maybe once or twice with the helmet that we've worn the last couple weeks. We may have, but yeah, two weeks in a row. No, I don't think so. So maybe we've slowed down on the uh, new combinations a little bit. But that's okay. If you're going to give me uh, quality. Quality uh, video production and sound mixing and all that stuff like that. That was, I mean, seriously, that was really professionally done. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, and if you can play a whole game with three penalties, then you can have one helmet if you want to drink what's. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, why don't we get out of here with with quick predictions. How are you feeling about the game, Blake? I'll I'll put you on the spot first and let you go. Uh, I Put a put a W on the board, man. Okay, let's, let's go get it. I like, like it. Let's go get it. Let's give me half a unit on the money line uh, <laughs> for like the Tigers. It. Well, you know, I I like that bet. Now that you say it out loud, yeah, give me the money line too. If we're going to bet on it, now if I'm going to actually make a prediction, I'll say Missouri loses by seven. I hate to say it. I don't know why. I feel like Missouri will play a decent game. It just seems like maybe this team's just not quite ready 
to take one down on the road yet. That's just my gut feeling. Hope to be wrong there. But you say money line. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but 12 and a half points, it's got to be four or five to one. So yeah. I like those odds. I really do. Missouri's fared well in Neyland Stadium over the years. I certainly have. And I just, you know, I've watched some of the highlights and look at some of these numbers from the from Tennessee's matchup last week. And, you know, Tennessee obviously was like preseason number 16 or whatever they were. South Carolina not ranked preseason. And the preseason, really more so than any other year, you could probably throw out the preseason sure. stuff because it's it's helter-skelter and a bunch Especially of Especially once you get past the top ten or so. Yeah, you know, like Cincinnati's number 13, Koke, right. whatever. Right. But uh, just a very even matchup last week between between USC and, and Tennessee, and then they, nobody doesn't look – nothing really stands out on the page. Tennessee's quarterback, 19 for 31. I mean, that's – I mean that's far less less efficient than Sean Robinson was against a far inferior defense. Um, I mean their their number one running back had you know six yards of carry. That's that's pretty good. I don't know why he only had thirteen carries if he's getting six yards of carry. But sure, it just didn't seem like either one of them did anything incredible to stand out. Other than Tennessee got that pick six. Right, it seemed like they were able to move the ball kind of in chunks, like little bits and pieces against each other. And not it was neither there was neither a irresistible force or an immovable <laughs> object on either side right so i don't see anything that stands out to me right now as as something that we're gonna be overwhelmed in dealing with so i think we just stay focused and again you know keep in mind that we went traded punches with alabama last week and in the second half we won the second half so you won the second half against alabama go out and win the whole damn game against tennessee yeah, I think if Missouri can play a clean game, they've they've got a better chance than probably Vegas thinks. I'm with you there for and sure. And we got a kicker? And we got a kicker, maybe it looks like. The thicker, as some people are calling him, Harrison Mevis. But oh, we like don't body that. we don't body shame here on Locked On. No, that's props. No, that, I was gonna say that's you wanna be thick. Come on. You don't want to be a skinny kicker. There's too many of those guys. Thick They're boring. With, thick with a couple C's, baby. That's like three right. C's on the end of that. That's exactly right. Thicker than a snicker. Our kicker. <laughs> Our kicker's thicker than a snicker. A hundred cc's of the thicker. <laughs> but anyway, so with all that being said, let's get out of here on Friday and have some fun, Blake. So until next time, I am John Miller for Blake Stark. We'll see you tomorrow after the Tennessee game. And this has been Locked on Mizzou.